evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Half Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, oh, 1,850 miles south-southeast of me is Mr. Kip Fisher, and we are coming to you live for the 128th time this October 9th, 2015. We, uh, we are a little bit late and sounding a little bit different and certainly looking a little bit different, but uh, we are here, and that's all that matters, so... Kit, my man, you are the uh, the picture of consistency. Thank you for for being our rock and broadcasting like you normally do. I admit I'm the one causing the issues tonight, but uh, other than that, can you tolerate spending an evening with me? Are you ready for another episode of Half Ash? I reckon I can. If I can't, the cigars will make it possible. It'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> of course I can. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Kind of my job's what I do. Oh, great. So you come to work Friday nights at 9 o'clock? That makes me feel excellent. Shut up. (laughs) It is always easier to just solve the problem by saying that, isn't it? Shut up. (laughs) How's your week this week? Pretty good, actually. Better in the past couple of weeks. Good. It's hotter than crap, but other than that, it's good. You know, I was wondering about that. When does the Dominican start to really get into fall? February? <laughs> oh, no. no, no, no. I don't know. I mean, I, January and February, I've been here before. It's been rather comfortable. But it's it's been hotter this past week and a half or so than it ever was in the summer. Mm. And it's not, the, the temperature's not any more hot in the daytime. It's just not cooling off at night. Well, that can cause a problem if you're not going to get any reduction in anything that uh, can definitely be difficult mm-hmm. and it was we, we've had a rough time with electricity this week it's been off frequently and I, th- I think for the first time since we've been here it went off during the night uh, right at time to go to bed and it holy cow it's so m- instantly miserable there's about a bazillion mosquitoes descend on you, and, and the heat is just crazy. It's like, do I cover up and, and die of heat exhaustion or just let the mosquitoes have their way with me while I'm sleeping? I, seriously, I think you need to invest in a mosquito tent for your bed, man. Yeah, they sell them. And normally it's not, not a problem. You just have a fan blowing and it keeps them away. Wow. Yeah, I, I guess that would be an issue if you have no air movement. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's been a breeze most of the time we're here, and like I said, until the past couple of weeks, and the breeze just died. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't know that. Oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things, I guess. Well, are any of the locals saying that this is kind of a normal thing or no? No, there's a lot of talk about the heat. It seems to be hotter than normal. Oh, well. Okay, well, that stinks. However, we found a mountain community that we went to spend a couple of days two two weekends ago. And it was in the 50s there at night. And it was lovely. <laughs> if only you could just bottle some of that air and bring it back in so it would be like a nice even 70 for you. Yeah. I mean, it was still 80 degrees in the daytime, but it was in the night. It was you know, time to bring out a sweatshirt. Wow. Do you even own any sweatshirts anymore? Yeah. 
<laughs> I brought a couple just because I knew we'd have to go back to Tennessee at some point. <laughs> I guess that's uh, an interesting mentality to have. All right, at some point we'll go back where it's cooler, so I should still own one of these. <laughs> wow. So, I, you know, this is obviously a little different than uh, – well, you know what? Let's get into the uh, the intro to what we got going on for today. And then um, we can certainly talk a little bit more about the Dominican life. Nothing's to say we can't do that, right? No. Well, we uh, we happen to have one of my suggestions this evening, and it um, it's a suggestion for a little bit of a different reason than normal. This is <clears throat> a cigar I'm not ultra familiar with. Um, actually, I'd say it's a cigar I'm not at all familiar with, but it's one that I was intrigued by, quite frankly, because, um, um, you know, well, because of my co-host. Um, this is the Room 101 Serie SA in the Papichulo size. Uh, and that Vitola is a pretty standard Vitola for the Room 101 sticks. It's a 4x42. Uh, so just thicker than a traditional Perla-sized Vitola. But, um, you know, I love small cigars. I generally smoke them slowly. I've been smoking this one since... Probably 20 after 8, and I'd say I'm only an inch and a half into it, so it's treating me all right. 20 after 8? Oh, we're in different time zones. Yeah, different time zones. Sorry. <laughs> You've been smoking this thing an hour and a half? <laughs> <laughs> I've been smoking it for a half hour, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I'd say the most intriguing thing to me so far is that this has – well, I, I guess I should should clarify. This is the Siri SA, and the Siri SA is – the San Andres wrapped um, release from Room 101. And the most intriguing thing to me about these cigars thus far, as I'm just getting my introduction to them, is that the the typical San Andres kind of dusty, cocoa-y, spicy sweetness that comes across, it's, it's a little sharper. It's not as deep. It's not as dark. But it is still absolutely the same thing. Um, and you pointed out to me that the reason for that may, in fact, have something to do with this being a natural-wrapped San Andres cigar rather than the typical Maduro San Andres. So that uh, that was an interesting fact. And, and I noted that it definitely tasted um, familiar, but that it was a little bit lighter. And then when you mentioned that, it, boom, made perfect sense. So, Wow. I, I don't know if you can see this in the, the video. Do you see how much this thing has shrank? It's an unbelievable amount. That's like 40%. Yeah, it's nearly a quarter of an inch, and I'm you know, half inch into it. Hmm. Yowza. Yeah. We had uh, a little experiment going about that. I think Mike Stewart was looking into some of that with his... Uh, different tobacco varietals that he had. I wonder if he had gotten anything from it. I don't know. I know we never followed up with him, which is kind of what we do <laughs> or don't. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's all right though. It's our show. We're allowed to not do it. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, Doug Thompson says he's been smoking that cigar since nine thirty this morning in the chat room. He's uh He's taking off individual slices of one bit of the wrapper and smoking those only. He's in the Philippines, so it's like 9.55 right now. <laughs> oh, well, 
I guess that works. It's tomorrow morning already. Yeah. Well, Doug is uh, Doug is somebody I met almost six years ago, actually, on a trip with uh, Colin Ganley and Esteli. 2010, early, early January 2010, we uh, went down there and toured a bunch of different locations and, and had a good time. It's nice to see him in the chat room. Yeah. So, always fun to hang out with buddies. Yeah. You need to hit one of Colin's Cuba trips. Somebody told me this week that he is incredibly busy with those. He's doing multiple trips a month down to Cuba with cigar shops. I seem to recall somebody saying he was doing three a month and maybe not him. I don't know if he's doing everyone himself, but seems to have gotten really busy with that. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I hope that, uh, that that means that he's really got a great itinerary worked out, something that he really enjoys. Yeah. And as part of the requirements for the, um, trip in that it can't be simply tourism it's the cultural exchange kind of thing so i uh, i'm still fascinated with the idea of going there and staying in somebody's home and you know and getting to know a family rather than just hanging out in a, a hotel lobby for a week the interesting thing to me about that is how you know i know that there's like airbnb and i think airbnb is you're renting rooms from people it's basically like short-term leases Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done one with Airbnb, but, uh, other than that, I mean, how do you find people who are willing to allow you to stay there? I, I wonder what that is. I wonder what that looks like with the government restrictions on how they're allowed to, uh, you know, capitalize on things. Hmm. That's a very interesting question for, for all the little mundane facts and things that I know about Cuba. You ask such a basic question like that, like how does a typical family legally make money or bring things in um, outside of their their government stipend? I I mean, that's just such a simple question, and I have no idea what the answer is. Me neither. I I don't even know what it looks like. Hmm. That's kind of cool. It would be a good question for Colin next time he comes on. Yeah. Well, we have now gotten distracted again from the cigar. What else can you tell us about it? I'm sorry about that. I uh, I have to bear the brunt of that distraction. I seem to be the one who usually does that. Oops. Um, well, as we mentioned, this is uh, the natural San Andres wrapper, um, the rarely used natural version of this. I can only think of one other cigar that has it. You brought it up to me earlier, and now I don't think either of us can remember what it is. So <laughs> we know there's another cigar out there with this wrapper, but that's all we can tell you. Yeah, we remember both remember talking about it within the past couple of months, even. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, that wrapper sits over a Honduran binder, um, which we believe to be, excuse me, uh, a Corojo binder, which we believe to be a Honduran, um, as well as Honduran and Dominican fillers. So these are inexpensive little cigars, but you know you are only getting a four by forty-two, so it's not necessarily a large cigar. I picked these up with Chicago taxes for just over six bucks a piece. So uh, if you find them online, they're they're able to be had in the five dollar range. So a box of cigars, box of 20, 25 cigars for right around the hundred hundred and twenty five dollar range. Uh, that's never never much to shake a stick at. So especially yeah. if you're somebody who smokes slowly. Yeah, you have to split a box. I think they actually come in boxes of fifty. Hmm. I didn't realize that. Well, thank you for that. 
I guess I wasn't paying much attention when I bought them then, was I? Nah, I tell you, man. Mm-mm. Well, these cigars have probably been with you, I'm going to guess, for... Well, they, actually, they would have gone in that June shipment, and I had had them for a few months before then. I think I picked these up probably winter, late winter of last year. So they've sat for a, a number of months of humidor time. Um, they seem to be smoking very well right now. The burn seems to be pretty good on mine. The yeah, draw same. is excellent. And uh, I've got no complaints construction-wise. No, same here. It draws perfectly, burning good so far. It's burning a little quick, but again, that's because I have a fan that's gently blowing a breeze across the table. I'm getting lots of hints of like a fruity sweetness, almost, I don't know, like uh, like a, a licorice, a, a strawberry or cherry licorice type flavor. Um, definitely bright sweetness to this. It's it's enjoyable to go along with kind of that dustiness. Yeah, it's bright. It's kind of clean on the palate. Mm-hmm. I'm digging it. Yeah, I would definitely agree it's clean on the palate. Yeah. Well, we got a fun new cigar for the both of us here coming up uh, on the show. We'll certainly be talking more about that. Some interesting news short- stories to share. And uh, what looks to be another killer cigar smoked by Kip this week. I think uh, there might be something put out in uh, in my honor, or at least I'll take credit for it. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned You're... for what's... <laughs> what was that? You're responsible for it. Yeah, responsible is probably a better term. <laughs> Uh, stay tuned for what's sure to be uh, yet another enjoyable night here with the Half Ash Boys. So, you want to jump into news, or can I ask you more boring, annoying questions about the Dominican? Ask away. So, simple question: In the Dominican, where it never really has a true winter, or I guess in subtropical countries where there's never really a true winter, is there ever really a time when when plants can go out of harvest like if i sent you typical cucumber tomato zucchini plants i mean could you just plant a new plant every six weeks and you would just constantly have a harvest i don't know the answer to that there there does seem to be seasons to the local fruit because i've already seen things come and go and i've heard people talking about plantains in particular uh, which are crazy expensive right now because of the drought we had this year just pummeled the the available crop but i don't know i, I can't answer that i don't know enough to know yet hmm. that's interesting i don't know uh i don't know why that popped into my head as something that i'd want to share on the show but it's just an interesting question i had i guess i'm <laughs> doing i'm harvesting my tomato plants this week uh you ever heard about this that you can actually uproot a tomato plant, hang the entire plant upside down, similar to like a stalk cutting in tobacco. Yeah. I've seen those hangers that, that grow the plant that way. Oh, well, no, I'm saying like you, you go through, I mean, for us now, the, the beginning of the second week of October, we're starting to get into the forties at night. Tomatoes never really get enough sunlight to continue ripening on the vine. So, you pull the plant, hang them upside down after you've had an entire growing season and store them in a shed or a garage and all the fruit that's still on the plant will then just ripen over the next coming weeks. Wow. No, I, I did not know that. On the actual plant. Yeah. 
earlier this week, I pulled up one of my plants, and it was the cherry tomatoes. And I already have about a dozen or 18 ripe cherry tomatoes that were just green and hard and small as could be. Strangest thing. Huh. I, that that piques my interest. I never knew that. I uh, No, it's, it's interesting. It imme- immediately made me think of, like, stock cutting um, broadleaf. The uh, uh, the T fifty two mentality for harvesting wrapper that you're gonna stock cut it, hang it upside down, kind of let the the nutrients find their way into the leaves. I almost am wondering if the same thing is happening to the the fruit here, that they're basically the vines are drying up, the fruit is gaining whatever moisture or or nutrients was still around and. And boom, they grow, they ripen, and it's perfect for harvesting over the next month or so. Mm, no, I, I'm interested, but totally uneducated, mm. which pretty much sums up my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wish there was a good tobacco resource. Like, <clears throat> I understand that there's not necessarily a, a large mass of people in the States who are interested in harvesting tobacco, but... It'd be really unique to find a book that could talk about the different, you know, literally just ways that it's harvested and things you can do during curing to enhance certain aspects of a finished product or, you know, things you can do during during harvest um, to enhance the curing process or things like that. I, I wonder if any of our listeners would know of any resources uh, that would kind of get into that that are in English. I don't know. Um, I know those kinds of things have existed in the past just through agricultural co-ops and that kind of thing. But specifically for tobacco? Yeah. Oh. Oh, very cool. I never there knew was, that. There was one when tobacco was prominent in Florida. I remember seeing it in the past. Uh, that that w- It was some, uh, I'm saying co-ops, not a co-op, like a department of agriculture thing. The, you know, the basic methods and guidelines and best practices for growing tobacco. Huh. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to look for that. That's pretty cool. I'm sure it's probably just really getting into the, the what is it, Burley, that cigarette tobacco? Not Burley. Oh, no, 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 um, cigar tobacco. Oh, it was specific to cigar tobacco? Yeah, this was back in the day when cigar tobacco was grown in North Florida. Wow. I'm looking. I have a a book. It was a free book, uh, free download for Kindle or your Kindle app on your iPhone or Android or whatever. And it was. It's called Tobacco. It's history, varieties, culture, manufacture, and commerce. Hmm. Uh, and uh, it has a lot of that kind of information. Maybe not to the degree that you would hope for, but it has a lot of that kind of stuff. But I haven't really gotten into it enough to know what it does cover. Well, you got to start somewhere because I certainly uh, uh, don't have much of a starting base of knowledge on that. So, very cool. Yeah. Well, shall we uh, jump into some news stories here? Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted trying to uh, find that book. <laughs> that was uh, the name. It's all right. I appreciate it. All righty then. What do we got? We got a bit of news that uh, I guess I wasn't really super up on and aware of until I got a press release that it, the matter had been settled. 
um, that uh, the press release came out of La Aurora that they had reached an amicable agreement with Padilla over the use of a lion in branding. Um, Padilla, I understand, had, had applied and gotten a trademark several years ago, but La Aurora says, hey, we've been using this line for you know, 85 years or some kind of, since the, since the 20s, and, and uh, we don't like that. that. That identifies our product in the marketplace, and so I guess they've been talking uh, behind the scenes and have avoided going to court over it and reached some kind of agreement. Um, and with the agreement being basically that Padilla will stop using the existing lion on their packaging and, and marketing materials. Although it, it's, it's a little bit of a gray area it says they they will be able or be allowed to use an abstract lion, whatever the heck that means. Um, and, and, uh, and also be allowed to, to sell their current stock, current inventory, but the way I read the press release, it actually said the inventory of non-tobacco materials, and they have cigar bands with that freaking line all over it. And I put in the notes that, honestly, I've been confused by that. I've seen Padilla cigars on the shelf and, and mistaken them for La Aurora before because of that line. <laughs> mm. Anyway, they've sorted it out without having to go all the way through uh, – nasty court battle and i guess everybody's happy about it now well i i have to say that excuse me um it, you can probably comment about this but doesn't law roar use an abstract sketch of a lion for some of their non-tobacco products they um they do and the untamed has uh, like a a more aggressive looking lion and you know the the older lion looks doesn't look like but more like the MGM lion from movies back in the day on the bands mm. and they still use that one too but the the untamed was kind of their uh, cutting edge uh, <laughs> hardcore cigar they put out maybe yeah. a year, year or so ago I that thing wore me out, man. They sent me a few of those, and I don't think I ever got all the way through one. I had to keep putting them down because they were so strong. Mm. I I have some faint memory of like, uh, oh, I don't know, um, Banco Leon or something like that. That like with a, a lion on their banking system. I don't know, and it just it always struck me as like an abstract lion. Maybe I'm not remembering right, but thought that's what it was <clears throat> i don't know it just sounded yeah. odd that was the first thing i thought that well wait doesn't doesn't the parent company for la aurora use an abstract lion design in their non-tobacco products so you're telling them that they can use an abstract lion in their tobacco products wouldn't they still get confused with the parent company even though you know it's a non-tobacco product that they're copying well, i think I the, the dispute was probably uh, that most recent Padilla lion because it's a lion in a little, you know, uh, a shield, not, not a shield, maybe an oval. Um, and it did look somewhat similar to the La Aurora line, the historical one more so not, not necessarily that untamed. One. Well, I, uh, I saw this, I thought it was interesting because I hadn't, I hadn't really been aware that this battle had been going up. Well, that this, this, I don't know, discussion, this agreement had been going on 
So I was curious if that was something that you had known of, but you seemed to sound as if you weren't even aware that this was something that was being discussed either. No, I, like I said, the press release showed up in my uh, inbox, my email, and it was all news to me. But I just figured I lost contact, lost touch for the last couple months and hadn't noticed it. But, yeah, it was news to me. Hmm. Now, I had gotten this same release and had not gotten anything previously. So, But I guess this is what matters. Yeah. The, the resolution, not the issue. True. At the end of the day. It's all that matters. What else we got here? Oh, you may be interested in this. I know you're a fan of the cigars. I am. Quesada España, Petit Bellicosos, the uh, limited run that they uh, send out to a different retailer every month, is going to a shop that I'm actually familiar with. It's uh, Silo Cigars in Farragut, Tennessee, and Farragut is in far western Knoxville, for those who don't know. Um, it's actually a pretty cool shop. As it, uh, they, You're not going to walk in there and find big box cigars, the Generals and Altadas of the world. It's, uh, it's very much focused on smaller brands in general. In general. You know, they have, of course, Quesada and that, you know, those mid-market kind of size brands, but have a big focus on boutique lines, whatever boutique means these days smaller manufacturers and whatnot, but uh, they will be getting the next shipment that they may already have them. It's, it's about that time, I think. Hmm. Very cool. Yes, I do. Uh, I do certainly dig these. There's no doubt about it. And we had these uh, petite bellicosos from our good friend, uh, Will Cooper, and they were fantastic. Um, although yeah. I haven't, I haven't had an Espana I didn't like, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I remember it, right uh, two, two years ago, probably, uh, Officer Paul sent me uh, like a, maybe a little bit chunkier than a Robusto, but a Robusto-ish uh, Quesada Espana, which is not one of those limited ones we're talking about, just the what I'm calling regular production. Um, and it was just a phenomenal cigar, it, it, enough that two years later it still stands out in my mind. Huh, that's a good point. Now, is, is West Knoxville is West Knoxville by West Virginia, or is uh, it a ways from the border? Yeah, no. <laughs> You'd have to drive through Virginia to get to West Virginia. Really? Oh, I guess I don't know my borders that far. <laughs> I thought you were making a joke. <laughs> oh no, never mind. It's by North Carolina, not by. West Virginia. My mistake. I'm uh, I'm too far south. I'm looking at a map right now. I'm trying to orient myself next time I go back to Tennessee. Uh, it's, it's a ways from where my sister lives. That's too bad. I've always wanted yeah. to get to Silo. If, uh, if you left Chattanooga driving to Knoxville, you would drive right near it. Hmm. That's a shame. Uh, Nashville to uh, Knoxville is not exactly close. It's about 200 miles. Yeah, that's uh, that's not so hot for that's not so hot for a quick getaway on a Saturday morning when I'm visiting family. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally driven 200 miles for a cigar show, <laughs> and I'm uh, not joking. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not limiting it to one dime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. 
I just can't wait until you drive 200 miles to go to yet another factory. Well, that's a thing. There's nowhere in this country I can drive 200 miles to. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Round trip. Just, yeah. Oh, anything uh, coming up? Do you have any uh, trips or plans or visits or anything that you're definitively going to? Going back to Terry's place? Um, maybe next time he's down. He's not down here right now. Um, but um, possibly a Fuente visit. Possibly the Shokui uh, guy, Victor. I'm going to catch up with him soon. I actually was trying to do that this week, but didn't make it happen. Uh, so, yeah, finally uh, getting a little bit of legs under me to do a few cigar things. Very nice. Good. Things uh, kind of getting a little bit more back, or not back to normal, but a little bit more uh, into a normal routine to where you can, uh, you know, be able to sneak away and do some of those things regularly, you think? Yeah, just a lot of the stuff is is getting established. You know, like I've told you before, the just simple little things that you know uh, that normally would take thirty minutes. It, you call it a day. You just dedicate a day to get it done if you're lucky. <laughs> and once most of those are done, then there's more of a regular pace to things. That certainly makes sense. Boy, I, I don't know if it's just because this is pairing well with the rum, but I'm getting a orange flavor out of this little cigar. I don't know if you've gotten that at all, but I mean, just distinct, like you're biting into an orange. Yeah, um, this is, I normally would not agree so wholeheartedly, but um, maybe even a little, little uh, darker to me, like a tangerine rather than orange. And that sounds stupid because I make fun of people for saying something like that, but <laughs> but that's what it is. I still got two and a half inches left on this thing. I've well, touched up the burn, but I, I, I have surpassed say, this is, you. This is going fantastically slow. Actually, I have two and a half inches left, but I lit mine later than you. You did, but that's all right. Having just a little bit of an issue catching up on the uh, the backside of this thing. It's just kind of charring out a little, but not too terribly bad. Well, mine's, those of you with the camera on, that's mine's pretty dang even. Mm -hmm. Actually burning perfectly, and even with this fan flowing across, no, no overheating, no bitterness, no harshness. It's actually performing very well. And, well, and I, I am I have at times been critical of Room 101 in general, of the n n not critical of the cigars, but not been a huge fan. But I'm enjoying this one almost as much as the Namakubi. Oh, you can keep the Namakubi. You know what? Any Namakubi Tiburons that you find, you can send them all my way. I haven't had that one in forever. That is fair. You can send me any of your uh, Fuente unbanded prototypes. <laughs> if I don't restock the old humidor soon, those are going to be gone. <laughs> uh, well, it's a fair trade. You know, I, Namakubi for those irreplaceable cigars. I'm all for it. <laughs> they, they, may be, they may be replaceable, just nobody knows what they are. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that's a very good point. Yeah, how could you how could you possibly replace them when the people who gave them to you said, I don't know, we just had a bunch of unbanded crap we wanted to pass along. <laughs> Did I tell you about about that last year? The uh, those little peculiar little sharks. I'm sharks in quotes. They no. were they had the X, not the Opus X, but the little prototype yeah. X band on them, and they were shaped like sharks. But they had a more abrupt taper, and they were probably a good inch shorter and not nearly as, as big a ring. And I was puzzled. I mean, I, I have a collection of different sharks. I got sand shark, the prehistoric shark, the Opus shark, the Don Carlo shark, the regular Añejo shark. had no clue what that thing was. So we were leaving, and I, uh, I stopped uh, Sam Mendez, who's the – like the facility manager for Fuente's factory number one and ask him what it was. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> he said, all I know is they're old. <laughs> they've been, they've been in the, in the storage for a long, long time. Okay. I wonder if that's what they do. They're just like, uh, anybody have records on these anymore? No. All right. Give them to the CFC boys. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, that sounds really cool and awesome and you get to smoke these cigars but then you're left with like i don't even know what it was i took a picture that's a good thing i guess but you know what i fell in love with a cigar i'll never have another one you know I, you got to respect that a little bit though because it's not like it's not like there isn't a um a track record for companies who are releasing a small time you know uh 5000 stick special gotta try it gotta have it release and never to be seen again with no real details about a blend i mean that's a pretty damn common thing for companies to be doing and fuente just never gets into that racket when you think about it i mean it is respectable well they do they just don't market and promote it they do it at special events and that kind of thing so they sell those cigars not typically. Not, not those sharks, not the, the random sharks you're talking about, but just the small cigars, the small um, quantity cigars that are just one-offs, essentially. On very rare occasions, some crazy weird box of cigars will show up at a retailer here and there. Uh, but normally they're either, either given away at events or donated to be sold at auction to raise money for CFCF or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that that's a very good point. That they certainly do uh, show up in auctions and donations and things of, like that. But they uh, they do a lot of experimenting. Just they don't tend to try to sell off every experiment. I wonder if they're uh, looking for applications in their research and development wing. <laughs> if they do, I got dibs on that. <laughs> Yeah, no. No cost to move me here. I am here. Yeah, and if anybody has ever been committed to the cause, it's your left uh, bicep. <laughs> I have 20 years experience as quality control for Fuente on a <laughs> voluntary basis. <laughs> so along those lines, I mean, I'll put you on the spot. Have you noticed um, poorer harvests than others across mm. the board? You know, I've like, noticed, you know, I've never considered that, never even crossed my mind, but I 
there's never been a time where I've said, oh, that, that cigar is no good. I don't like those anymore. Well, I have said I don't like those anymore. I have changed around. There have been times where I would be infatuated with the Hemingway more so than Don Carlos, which is traditionally my favorite. So I've bounced around on what I prefer within their offerings. But it's like anything else. They, Of course, there's change from crop year to crop year. But I have a lot of uh, trust in Manuel, the little guy, been with the Fuente family, working with him for 30 years. And his job is to walk that factory and smoke cigars. And you never see him without one. When he takes one out of his mouth, magically another cigar appears lit in the front of his face. And he's making sure they taste like they're supposed to taste. I wonder, I'm sure that this occurs. Um, there, you know, you have to have a reason for there to be a, uh, an employee like that. But I wonder if he, or how often he says, no, all the, all the cigars coming from, you know, station 22 in the, the Hemingway room, they're just not good today. They must not have gotten a, a good allotment or a, an appropriate allotment of tobacco. I wonder if that's something that really does happen on a regular basis. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, there's no way, even as much faith as I have in that guy, there's no way he's trying, you know, like that specifically, this, every station in the place, it's a totally random sample. Yeah. Only so many cigars you can smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. He probably knows the characteristics of each tobacco when he's walking around. And if he, I got to imagine if he did sense something that was wrong, then he'd say something about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm admittedly the biggest Fuente fanboy to be found, but I, I think they're pretty solidly consistent in most respects. Well, you made a believer out of me again. I mean, there's a long time when I certainly wasn't, but those days have passed. Yep. That's what happens. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that seems to be the case around you. You're a bit contagious. Infectious, you know. <laughs> Communicable. <laughs> uh, well, along uh, along those lines, shall we talk about the one thing I don't believe you are infectious in regard to? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. I guess everybody has the right to be wrong. But... Uh, <laughs> You have not converted to Casa Fernandez fandom, although I do enjoy their cigars quite a bit. And this next story, which I'm sure you have been just chomping at the bit, waiting all year for this to happen. Uh, But they've begun shipping this year's annual release of the Anniversario series, the the 2015. (laughs) I can just see the anticipation dripping from your eyes if you had a video feed right now your voice i suppose um, i happen this, this is me caring yeah <laughs> i guess two years ago i think was the first one of those if i'm remembering right and i adored that cigar and last year's a little bit mixed for me i, I don't think i enjoyed it as much as the first one uh, but this one's this year's coming out and this may actually interest you they they're making it in two Vitolas this year, and one being a seven and a half inch by forty box press Lancero, 
um, which sounds interesting. I don't get just a whole ton of those narrow rings from Costa Fernandez. No. Rarely see them. You know, these are the folks making the 7x70. You know, they put out that JFR 7x70 before it was cool, before anybody else was doing anything like that. Oh, yeah. And they even put out those 80 ring monsters this last year. Um, and it's also going to be available in a 6x56. Uh, but uh, total combined production is about 15,000 cigars. I think it's very heavily weighted on that that fatter one. The uh, Lance Arrow is a much smaller uh, run than the other. And, of course, like most things from Casa Fernandez, it's all or mostly uh, Aganorsa tobacco. Well, uh, Cigar Coop in the chat room says they are smoking great. Sounds like he's already gotten his hands on them, which is cool. I'm envious because I don't expect to see those on Dominican shelves. You know, I don't usually uh, stray from uh, Will Cooper's tutelage on uh, what he recommends as a, as a good cigar, but I think I definitely do when it comes to uh, – many of the, the Casa Fernandez products, I just don't line up. No, I won't even say that. I don't find enough variation in their blends to justify their different offerings. They're just, they're so heavy on their hallmark, their, their typical flavors that I just, I don't know. If you don't like their typical blend, you're never going to go for it. It's very similar to what we were talking about last week with AJ Fernandez, actually. Yeah, they have a dedicated core flavor set that they stick with. I happen to like it. I think they do it really well. Um, but uh, if you look at the – they have a, a, a little – going off the top of my head, roughly 5 by 52, 54, something like that, uh, an Arsenio, which is named after – Arsenio Ramos, their blender guy. And and that is just a crazy good cigar for me. It's about as good a cigar as I could come up with if I could dream um, in this style. Nicaraguan, bold, good cigar. Um, it is similar to their Miami lines, but not maybe as uh, brash. The, the Miamis, I have some Petit Robustos. Actually, I think I'm down to about one of those. And those little tiny little cigars whip me. They're so strong. But that, that Arsenio is just fantastic. I, yeah. I haven't had any in quite some time, but I love them. And you can you can get them relatively inexpensively. They come in boxes of 10 and run about 50 bucks, so, you know, five bucks a cigar. And I, I don't think there are very many uh, uh, better cigars out there for $5. Hmm. And they're not quite as bold. You know, they're, they're, they're not a mild cigar by any stretch of the imagination, but they will not kick you in the pants and leave you on the floor crying like some Casa Fernandez products. Yeah. Hey, can I, uh, can I kind of switch directions a little bit here? You can do anything you like. Do you have any luck accessing the room 101 cigar website and getting a list of any of their offerings you know this is we, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, some things that i experienced when i used to go on to dog watch uh, when i would guest host with dog the dog watch boys 
and this is something that we used to talk about a lot on Dog Watch. I think Room 101's website absolutely sucks. <laughs> and I I can't stand it when a company has that. You can't even get any information at all about a certain cigar on their on their site. What you Am want I, to know? I, I can't find anything other than the um whatever it's called, uh, uh Ichiban. Yeah, the, the Ichiban. Hmm. Am I uh, am I missing something here? No, that's that, when you click cigars, that's where it takes you. And there's no other links. You can't scroll left or scroll right to try to find other releases. They just tell you about the new Ichiban or Ikaban. Hmm. I did not know that. <sighs> that just grinds my gears. What did you want to know specifically? I mean, I couldn't find it elsewhere. Well, I I, I want to know if this cigar lists um, uh, specifics about that natural wrapper again. Because as this cigar is is continuing to uh, be smoked and enjoyed by me, now well into an hour-long experience, um, I'm, I'm just amazed with the... the cleanliness on the palate but i'm also amazed that the cigar does not really seem to be deepening at all it's it's smoking backwards from what i would expect in that it's lightening up as it continues on very similar to what we've discussed um in the past with numerous cigars probably the most notably for me is the um fuente 858 sun grown that's a cigar that that does the same sort of thing where it just smokes lighter as it goes on or softer and so I'm yeah. just trying to find a little bit more out about about the the blend of this stick. Yeah, I think components. I think it'll just be limited to whatever retailers have to say about it. That's really unfortunate. Because hmm. I'm uh, I'm not navigating the Room 101 website very well apparently. Because I, when I click cigars, I get the same thing you do, just the the uh, Ichiban. Well, that sucks. I'm uh, I'm really interested in this cigar. I, I'm enjoying the experience. I'm glad that I that I uh, shared this as something that would kind of be up your alley or what I hoped was up your alley. But um, I'm looking for some more information about it. I, I'm really intrigued by it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you got me all worked up. Oh yeah, how so? I'm just finagling around on Room 101's website. Oh, yeah. Kind of pointless. Hmm. Oh, well. Well, I have, me, I, I, you know, if there's anybody in this industry who's got more integrity, or who has integrity, I should say, nobody's got more than stogiereview.com when it comes to uh, specifics about cigars. Um, and they do specify that it is a Honduran Corojo binder. That was something that we discussed earlier. Uh, and that the filler is both Criollo and Corojo. Okay. So, but, uh, I know that was one thing we mentioned, but I don't think that I had stated what the uh, the filler components were created from. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I uh, I do enjoy this cigar, and I know we're right in the middle of news, but I'm probably going to light up my second one here any minute and 
And so I was just wanting to kind of savor this, this closing out of the final third here. Yeah, I'm, I'm right behind you. I guess I slowed down a little bit. I'm not quite to the end of it. Let's see here. I'm going to have to get a new measurer soon. I got two inches left on this cigar, but I have the other one should I need it. Well, I, uh, I'm a little bit further along than you. Uh, I've got, oh, why don't I measure exactly? It certainly looks less than two inches to me. Yep, I'm uh, right at about an inch and five eighths. I've uh, sped up from you. I find it to still be enjoyable. I'm getting a lot more of those softer, brighter flavors. Um, it's not as sweet as it was, but now it's a little bit more tart and, uh, and bright rather than kind of the sweet and, and dusty or sweet and um, oh, some of the, the more textured or um, what do I want to say? Uh, when you're not necessarily just getting a flavor, you're getting how a flavor is coming across. What the heck yeah. is the term that I'm looking for? I don't know. Tell me. Sensation. That's what I'm looking for. Kind of the sensation of how you're um, sensing what the flavor has uh, or what it's bringing to the table. I like yeah. it a lot. A lot. I, I slowed down so much I allowed mine to go out. Wow. I, I am, first off, I'm enjoying the cigar flavors very similar to you i think the the sweetness is faded quite a bit but it's not i don't know what is going to uh, step in and take its place it's just not there anymore um but the the construction's still just spot on i mean as i'm getting down closer to my fingers even no heat at all no extra heat and i'm amazed to have a fan blowing constantly across this thing and not have it you know, flared up I do agree with you. This is not the slightest bit hot. I mean, I'm putting my fingers on the burn line, and it's warm, but it's not overheated in the slightest bit. Yeah. Hmm. I, I like it. This this was a win in terms of uh, uh, picking one out blind that I just hoped would line up with what your preferences were. It really yeah, works well for me. I think the only Vitola I had smoked in this line was uh... – Oh, what they call that Robusto, uh, the 305, I think they called it. And I I remember it was an enjoyable cigar, but I don't know that I ever smoked very many of them. Hmm. Well, the uh, this is from the press release. I found some information on the press release for this cigar, um, and I believe it's from 2012. So these have been out for a few years now. Uh, as a follow-up to the highly rated Osaka OSOK, I guess I don't know if that's uh, pronounced as an acronym or not. And one shot, one cue. Um, that one, limited edition. <laughs> Room 101 and Camacho announced the newest member of the 101 core line, the Room 101 San Andres. This latest installment is wrapped in a natural San Andres wrapper, which is grown by the Turrent family in Mexico. And the Turrent family, if anybody, this is my own words, not the press release. If anyone is familiar with their tobacco, uh, the by far the greatest cigar I've ever had with Mexican um, tobacco was a Puro from their factory, the Torrent family factory in Mexico. They're typically growers, but they do make some cigars of their own tobacco. And 
it is all phenomenal. So if you see anything or read anything with uh, specifying tobacco from them, I highly recommend it. Um, now back to the uh, release. It says these are typically medium in strength, and this new blend is a departure from the taste profile normally associated with the existing Room 101 lines. Moving away from the use of Dominican fillers, Matt Booth and Camacho focused on using some of the best raw material that the El Corojo farms had to offer. Ultimately, their choices narrowed and decided on using Corojo and Criollo for the guts of the blend. So, just some additional info about the stick. I, I really like it. The uh, Turrent family, is that the, um, his name Alejandro, something like that? Um, no, who, I can picture the gentleman, but uh, the gentleman who I've met, actually, I, uh, um, the Granabano boys worked with the Torrent uh, uh, family for their, gosh, what was it, the Azteca. I believe that was some um, Torrent uh, family tobacco. And then they experimented with a number of other blends with Mexican tobacco that I had the pleasure to, to uh, try. Um, but the gentleman's name was not Alejandro. I, I think it was... Oh, it'll come to me. I spent, I spent a decent amount of time with him. Hmm. Robert, okay. No, not Roberto. Roberto Duran, not Roberto Turan. Yeah, I'll think of it. Erky hmm. Durky. Well, I interrupted notes. Shall we? Uh, shall you jump back in? Yeah. What do we got here? Oh. <laughs> I was being silly in the notes. Said, "Oh, look, another barrel H cigar for 2015." <laughs> <laughs> this seems to be a trend. How contrived or forced it is, I guess, is yet to be determined. But there's a lot of uh, barrel-aged spirit, beer, wine-influenced uh, cigars coming out. Whether it's not, maybe not necessarily flavored or infused or dipped, but uh, through storage in the uh, in the barrels after they've been used. And uh, this time from Perdomo. And they've shipped their Habano bourbon barrel aged cigars this uh, past week. Uh, should be hitting shelves right about now, just about any time if they're not there already. Uh, it's going to have uh, be available anyway in three different wrappers, each carrying five Vitolas, an Ecuador and Connecticut wrapper, Sun Grown, and a Maduro. Not just a whole lot of detail about the wrappers. Uh, the Vitolas are. All but one are a 54 ring available in five, six, six and a half, and seven inch lengths, and a six by 60. Um, and depending on the wrapper, they're stored in uh, used bourbon barrels for six to 14 months. Um, and let's see, looks like I'm going to retail from seven to 850. And I can't say that I've ever been a huge Perdomo fan. There have been a few I've liked over the years, uh, but uh, so I don't know. I, I don't tend to uh, have a great deal of appreciation personally for, for some of these kinds of things, but it's interesting nonetheless. And I'm that guy, even if I don't think I'm going to be interested, if I you know, have an opportunity, I'll usually give one a try at some point anyway. Well, you know what I, this uh, comment makes me think of a, 
Um, an interesting question that I'd like to ask. Well, I guess a- asking a, a manufacturer wouldn't really get me anywhere. This this would be an interesting thing that I would like manufacturers to start doing um, with their releases. I would like it if people would put out a press release or whatever on a review or on the boxes and talk about where the tobacco has come from, not necessarily the the origin or where it was grown, but where it came from as in they purchased this tobacco, they grew and processed this tobacco, they bought fully processed tobacco and just rolled it, or they bought um, cured baled tobacco and fermented it themselves. I'd like to know some of that. So reason being is we're seeing now our fourth I believe our fourth barrel aged cigar to be released in the last 12 months. Um, are all these people buying barrel aged tobacco? And three years ago, two years ago, when fire cured tobacco was really all the rage, were all those people buying fire cured tobacco? And, and then, you know, someone at a, a tobacco supply house was just a really good salesman with this new, type of tobacco oh nobody's seen this before it's barrel aged uh tobacco you gotta buy it i've got five thousand pounds here for you you know like what is this is this a really good sales job to the manufacturer or are all these people doing this on their own because they saw that it worked for someone else i'm curious yeah same here you know and same thing we saw with um the fire cured we had mm-hmm. several in quick succession, and then that's kind of gone quiet lately. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. <laughs> hey, I like some of those now. Mm. There's I one like person wrong in every argument. Yes, and it's usually you. <laughs> You've been talking <laughs> to my wife. <laughs> There's one in every crowd, and it's usually me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it'd just be interesting to find out. I'd, I'd love to know if people would uh, share how they sourced that tobacco. Yeah. Or how, you know, a product that sometimes takes years to, to produce somehow magically just ends up in the market from five different manufacturers at the same time. Mm-hmm. The cigars are aged six to 14 months in bourbon barrels. So did they first hear about this six months ago and they had one leaf of, you know, 14 month aged uh, uh, tobacco and bourbon barrels. And so six to 14 months is, <laughs> you know, they shook the 14 month old uh, leaf over all the other cigars and thought that it, some dust fell on it. But, you know, all they were able to do themselves was six months. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm a cynic. I'm sorry. It's the Bob McDuffie in me. <laughs> Yeah, you're getting old and crotchety, man. You're going to be just like me for long. I don't know. It's just kind of goofy. Florida Flores. (laughs) Where did we see that? Was that on the half-assed forum? Yeah, I I, uh, saw that picture on Twitter and put it up for (laughs) you. That's right. Uh, The Bob McDuffie head exploder. <laughs> See, folks, if you were a part of our forum, you would know exactly what we're talking about. Well, maybe not if you didn't listen to Dog Watch. It was funny if you did. Yeah, that's true. For the, the, the 10 people in the world who that applies to both, 
they all laughed right now. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite post on that uh, on that forum thread was somebody saying, "I can't wait until someone comes out with the floor de flower." <laughs> That's kind of what that one was. Well, Flores is a name, at least. That's true. Mm, what else we got here? Oh, we talked about this a few weeks ago that they were coming, uh, but the uh, Jericho Hill Lanceros, known as the 12 Honest Men, has uh, started hitting shelves. And actually, I got an email from my uh, old local shop that they have them in stock. It is a 7.5 inch by 38. Uh, Lancero and retails for nine ninety five. Total production of three thousand five hundred boxes of twelve, which sounds like a lot, but I guess forty two thousand cigars. Yeah, that's a reasonable size. You shouldn't have too much trouble getting them if uh, if you want them. I'm a big fan of this this whole line, with one little exception. I didn't care for. Vitola that is Craig's favorite <laughs> but uh, I really like that OBS which is like the, the Robusto kind of size and I like the shots as well although they were a little harder to come by but uh, like the rest of the line these are going to have a Mexican San Andres wrapper over Nicaraguan guts and are produced by my father and that happens to be a Mexican Maduro San Andres wrapper indeed Definitely a deeper, darker, sweeter, richer cigar than this uh, Room 101 San Andres, but uh, different enough to where they both have a, uh, a steady place for the smoker, I, I think. Yeah, I agree. That's why they make well, so many different kinds. I'm intrigued by that because I, I'm really hoping that uh, I can see the same sort of thing that I noticed with the Liga Provada line. Um in that when you have a deep, dark, rich, you know, medium to full uh, bodied cigar and you put that in a smaller ring gauge that it really brings out some of the nuance and, and um, uh, oh, maybe softer characteristics that the cigar can offer, that the blend can offer. The, the L40, a slightly larger Lancero version of the Liga Pravada is by far the best in the Liga line, in my opinion. Um, and I think it's because it does highlight the nuance of the blend rather than kind of, uh, I don't want to say overpowering you, but maybe giving you a little bit more than you need to get the essence of what the, uh, what the blend provides. And, and the Jericho Hill, I never really felt was overpowering, but I'm hoping that if you, you get it in a 38 ring, that it's really just going to be kind of concentrated cocoa and rich flavors rather than being, you know, rather than being just a little bit more than perhaps you need to to uh, get the essence of the blend. So I'm holding out. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe seeing some of these available in secondary market. Yeah. Well, this, uh, this last news story here is one that I just added prior to uh, Showtime. I, I went on Facebook to just put a quick post saying that, Hey, we're going to be recording tonight. We'd love to see anybody uh, watch us live. And I happened to see a post by Steve Saka. Um, hmm. Sorry, taking a puff of this uh, essay. Um, and it, it happened to be about the FDA update that some of you may remember a few weeks back, 
um, there was word that the FDA was going to have an imminent ruling on uh, um, cigars in there in regard to their uh, uh, oh, all of their oversight that they've been having over the last few years. And so Saka posted tonight that, and I quote, this is directly from his Facebook feed, since posting three weeks ago when we, when we were notified that the FDA regulations on cigars were going to be sent over to OMB for review in the, the very next day, it did not happen. In fact, nothing has happened. And no other word but imminent is being rumored. So no idea what the holdup is, what is in it, etc., etc. Just wanting to post this as I keep getting Facebook messages about it. Thanks. So we, uh, we have not neglected to tell you what could quite possibly be the most important uh, story regarding cigars of the year or, or quite possibly of the, of the uh, decade. But as soon as we do have anything, you can uh, be sure that it will be mentioned in our next episode. So stay tuned and certainly keep your eyes peeled and look around. You don't just have to get your news stories from half ash. This would probably be one that, that uh, would be hard to avoid if it does uh, uh, hit the public here coming up. So, yeah, this is kind of the thing we've been waiting for the other shoe to drop for a year and a half now. Yeah. I, I've been, uh, I've been doing a lot of reading and, I don't want to say research because it's essentially been um, for entertainment purposes, but I've been doing a lot of reading on lobbying and, and um, PAC funding and super PAC funding and, and such in regard to uh, the American political system. And, and it, it really, I don't know, it really makes me worry that no matter what, and this is such a, this is such a pessimistic view, but it really makes me worry that no matter what efforts we put in both as individuals, as well as, as collective members of the CRA, which actually my membership has elapsed. I need to renew that. Oops. Um, you dirty dog. <laughs> well, I'm the reason why this is going to happen. Doggone it. <laughs> you know what? I can't even go to their website. Oh, really? The, uh, the admin of their site has blocked entirely the Dominican Republic. If you have an IP address from here, you can't go to their website. Oh, jeez. I can about that. And go through a VPN and get a stateside IP address and see it, but just to go directly, it doesn't work. I wasn't going to bring that up. I didn't know if you wanted to put that on published. Uh... I pinged them on Twitter with it. I'm like, what the heck is up? It ain't like this is the Ukraine or China where there's 10,000 DDoS attacks every day. It's the freaking Dominican Republic. <laughs> Boy, Kip's smarmy this evening. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what I do. Yeah, You do it well, though, so that's nice. Yeah, I've got a lot of practice. Well, so there's news for this evening, and I think it's – We've probably sufficiently discussed this cigar thus far, and we can uh, kind of close with it later on. But I do have one thing to share about this new one that I've lit up. Okay. I find it to be inconsistent. I, I, I don't really smoke the same cigar right in a row very often. So I will qualify absolutely what I'm about to say with that fact, which could be a complete 
um, reason for what I what I'm feeling, but I'm getting a completely different flavor off of this. It's so very minimal on the San Andres um, influence, and so heavy on that kind of Honduran woody leathery flavors. I, I'm I'm really surprised by that, given how much I enjoyed the first option. Yeah, you think that's palate fatigue or just variation in the cigar? You know, I don't know. I, I'm having a tough time getting getting it to stay lit. I have to relight it again, actually. I, I'm wondering if this cigar may just have some minor construction issues. Yeah, I squeeze. Let's see if you can hear this. I'll put it near my mic. Uh, I squeeze down about a half an inch from, you know, where my burn line is. Let me go to the video. Uh, okay, about a half inch down from the burn line. It's warm right there, and let's see if you can hear it. Ready? I mean, it's, I don't know if you could perceive that or not, but it's, <laughs> what? I just never listened to somebody's cigar before. It's just absolutely canoeing and or tunneling and burning a half an inch down. Probably right at my nail line, maybe three-eighths to a half an inch from the mascara line. It is completely burning. I mean, huh. it is just completely tunneled out. I, I think that this one might have some some construction flaws here, but I've got a Swiss Army knife cutter, which is a nice large round cutter that I can slide around the stick. I'm going to cut off a half an inch and try to light it up again to see if that uh, solves the issue. Does that cutter work well as a cutter or just as what you're using it for right now? Um, it works well as a cutter, but you need to be – I don't think I can get close enough to show you. You need to be diligent to not have perpendicular movement to the blades yeah. when and you're closing it. That's the trouble I've had with that kind of cutter in the past. Is There's easily like 128th of an inch, 64th of an inch – yeah, probably 64th of an inch, half of a millimeter or so of of slide between the two blades if you aren't cutting um, very carefully. I've, but, I've known a couple people that use the Zycar scissor thing. I don't remember the model number. They, they liked them, but I never, ever tried it. I used to have the Zycar scissors, and they were they were heavy enough. The material themselves were heavy enough where they were fastened very well. Mm-hmm. They were they were very very mechanical tight um, uh, controls to them, and I I did not have problems with them from that regard. I had problems because mine seemed to be dull. Mine uh, were not overly sharp, but yeah. Right, I am gonna see if I can relight this one and uh, have a little bit better experience for the next time around. So, shall we move on to what else we've been smoking this week? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how much interest we can generate for your list. <laughs> yeah, as uh, for those of you who listened to last week's show, I was just coming down with some sickness last week, and today I am uh, I'm pretty well on decongestant medicine, um, and probably having the first day where I feel comfortable having a cigar in a week. So I uh, I had a cold this week and did not smoke a single thing. So I will defer to you and hope that you can uh, milk the airtime to talk well enough about the cigars, three sticks you've got on there. 
Yeah, I got a see. I, I mean, I got a few of those on there. First one I got on here. I was inspired by Cigar Coop a few weeks ago when he was on the show with me, and he was smoking uh, a, a T.L. Johnson Legend Reserve sixty three Maduro, which is one of the longer names for a cigar out there. Um, and we've talked a number of times already <clears throat> after uh, Terry and Luis Sanchez had parted ways that. Uh, that Terry's making his own cigars now in his factory, which I visited a couple of weeks ago. But this was an older uh, Luis produced cigar, and I am a massive fan of his cigars, in, in, including the ones he made for Terry Johnson and his regular La Tradición Cubana. Um, I like those. I like his other lines too, but that one in particular is the one that I seem to proselytize people into smoking. But uh, this one, I put a picture up on the forum today even when I first lit it. It, it. it started out phenomenally. It was so, it was very caramel-like in its uh, flavor, but the finish was kind of spicy. It was kind of, you know, two things that don't sound like they would go together all that well, but really did. They were very complimentary. Uh, a little bit more of a tart finish than the sweetness that was actually in the smoke, in the flavor when we were smoking it. But maybe half or two-thirds of the way into that cigar, I just hit a roadblock. And it was like somebody had put a, an asbestos button in the thing. I could not keep it lit for my life and had to abandon it at about that point. Because, hmm. you know, I, after relighting it in the same general area two or three times, it just got kind of burned out, and I gave up on it. Uh, that was actually a, that's a very rare occasion with Luis's cigars. Uh, I've had nothing but good luck with them for for years. I, I don't know, five or six years I've known Luis now. Um, let's see what else I got on here. A caucus. Uh, somebody sent us some of these early on in half ash days, and I still had a couple of them left. And I got one out this week. And the caucus made for Georgetown Tobacco, I think is the name of the shop up there in D.C. And it's actually a Rocky Patel product. And I talked to my fair share of smack about many of Rocky's cigars, but this is not one of them. I, I, I think these are great cigars. And if I had to pick a product coming from Rocky Patel that would be my favorite, there's not even a close second. Um, these, these are... Uh, for those of you who may smoke a pipe, if you smoke blends that have a lot of Turkish tobacco in them, it's very much in that same vein of flavors, kind of a light and airy and bright uh, tropical spice, what Dale Roush would call tropical spice, kind of that you know hint of maybe even like an allspice kind of thing. We, I think we even talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, I, I, get, I get that a lot, very heavily in, in this line of cigars. Still enjoyed it just as much as I remembered. It had been forever since I'd smoked one, and I, I think they're fantastic. And I don't remember what they sell them for, but they're not that expensive. They're a, they're a house brand for that 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 shop. And uh, next time I make my way to DC, that's that's on the list for sure. Well, we uh, we will be smoking that as a cigar of the week coming up. I believe I shared a couple of those. Okay. I hope I did. Yeah, I, I, I have at least one left, so good. you probably did. And after you uh, talking up one last week, uh, talking up, talking down, both, 
Um, I drug out one of those last couple of 2005 Destino Alciglos uh, with the original white bands on them from Fuente. And um, I had a, probably a little better experience than you did. The one I had is kind of like this. Um, uh, it, it was very much akin to or in the same vein as the Fuente sun-grown offerings. It was hmm. prototypical sun-grown uh, when you think of their not the Cuban Corona, the Cuban Bellicoso that's in their sun-grown line. And that's actually what it reminded me of. Um, the difference being Casa Fuente sells these cigars for 125 bucks a piece, and you can get a Cuban Bellicoso for about six. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it's, it's not a dead match, but it's close enough that I would certainly go buy a box of Cuban Bellicosos long before I would go invest in, in these Destino Alciglos. Um, and the, the newer ones with the uh, Don Arturo bands on them, are significantly cheaper than these these older ones. I did not pay that for mine. Mine came from CFC trips. But uh, do you have any uh, solid thoughts on whether the the Cino El Siglos from 2005 versus the latter years have uh, been similar or no? Um, you know, I may fire one up one of the newer ones this week and make a comparison. I do remember originally they there were two wrappers, two different wrappers on those. I'd have to look and see what they were. One was a sun-grown version. The other was not. Mm. Um, if I remember right, they put two different colored ribbons on the foot, and there was some ridiculously small difference in size, like a sixteenth of an inch and maybe a two rings or something. But mm. and they were very similar, but just different enough you could tell if you knew what you were looking for. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, I know that I, <clears throat> I certainly, uh, what um, setting or environment did you smoke that in? <laughs> On top of a mountain in beautiful, cool weather. Was it, uh, was it windy? Were you inside? Were you outside? What was the story? There? No, outdoors, not windy, maybe a slight breeze, cooler temps than here in the city. We actually went up, um, and worked with a family in the mountains this week. Uh, that that uh, <laughs> we've done this a couple of times. Uh, it's a community we've been working with lately, and they um, there's a family up there. We were helping. We learned how to in, in far flung areas where you can't take a concrete truck. They mix concrete and you know cement and gravel and and dirt basically on the ground and <laughs> move it in the wheelbarrows and pour a driveway up a very steep hill one wheelbarrow at a time <laughs> we were able to do that wow and, uh, we uh, spent most of the day doing that and then had a cigar on the mountainside it was actually a wonderful day good gracious that uh it does sound fantastic were you in conversation or were you just smoking the cigar on your own no, there's a couple of guys there with me also having cigars, but different cigars. I, I'm I'm really, really interested if that cigar smoked in a setting where you could have the room aroma, you could truly concentrate on it, 
would just be one of the more complex experiences that you'd have with a cigar. I, 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 I just felt like, you know, I felt like I was chasing something that I could never catch up to. I never gave that cigar enough of a chance. And I'm, I'm hell bent on, on finding some sort of a justica- justification for that. Uh, I won't say $125 price tag, but I'll say lofty price tag. I think that there might be some really spe- special stuff in those 05s. Yeah, I agree. And I probably wasn't as keenly attuned to it in the sense that you're talking about. But you know, I was relaxed and paying enough attention to enjoy it. But at the same time, I would not personally drop that kind of cash on it. Not oh. definitely not knowing that I could literally buy an entire box of Cuban bellicosos for that price. That's crazy. Yeah. Go you know, get twenty five or get one of cigars that are similar enough that. <clears throat> I would rather enjoy. Yeah, I uh, I have gotten to the point where that's a that's a, a justification that I uh, absolutely am happy to make now. <laughs> there was a time when I really wanted the hundred and twenty five dollars cigars to just be able to experience what that included, but I'm pretty sure I'm at the point where I want the twenty five dollar or I want the twenty five cigars for the same price. Yeah. Yep. That's the boat in which I find myself. Yeah, I uh, certainly am I'm in a different area of that boat, but I most certainly agree with it. I think that it's the right move. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about the mountain, and I had another experience that afternoon uh, up while I was up there. Uh, we, we had lunch with his family at their house up there, and uh, the lady had some cacao she had gotten locally. They, they grow it just down the mountain from her and she was pulverized. She had this thing pulverizing the beans and she was making chocolate. And I'm not sure at all what, uh, what she, what that entails, what she's doing, except it ends up in a block of chocolate. I don't know what kind of binders in there. I don't know what she does to it outside of busting those beans up. Um, but she took some of that and grated it into a cup and poured coffee on it. And it was truly the best cup of coffee I've ever in my life had. And it wasn't, you know, like a chocolate flavored coffee you might encounter elsewhere. It was just, just a little bit, just a little chocolate dust in the bottom of that cup. And it was so stinking good. I have now made it a life's goal to get more of that. And uh, they actually grow coffee up there, too. But what we were drinking was not the local coffee. It was regular old store-bought coffee. But I'm going to get my hands on that. I understand it. So they call it Cafe Pilon. Uh, It's more rustic the way coffee was before it was large and industrialized so much as it is today. And uh, probably – Wait, wait, wait. What is called Cafe Pilon specifically? uh, That is coffee in the old – style they the pilon is the big thing they they actually they roast the beans and then they crush them by hand with this i don't know what you call it, it looks like a humongous q-tip made out of wood um, <laughs> and uh, they just grind the beans that way and they put a little bit of sugar into it 
and improve the coffee. Now there's a brand called Cafe Pilon. Uh, in Miami, it's a popular brand. We make Cuban coffee with it, but that's not what I'm talking about. Interesting. Is it typical that there would be uh, some sort of cacao product in uh, the Cafe Pilon you're talking about? No, no, not at all. Just coffee. Oh, okay. And and they it sounds like a very small amount of sugar. Although when you order Dominican coffee here, there's a lot of sugar in it. And I understand it's it's like a high compliment if you serve someone coffee and they they say it reminds them of Cafe Pilon. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I uh, I know somebody who works in the coffee industry. Maybe yeah. we could talk to them about a special uh, pilon release. <laughs> Beans just specific to be ground that way. <laughs> I thought about him this week. I uh, I met a guy that actually looked a lot like Colin Ganley. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Well... I uh, I think Colin is on a plane right now, or perhaps even landed back in Havana. He uh, he seems to be enjoying quite a bit of success and uh, <clears throat> um, a lot of being able to guide a lot of shops down to uh, to Cuba to really discuss and and have the the cultural interaction between the Americans as well as the, the Cubans, and certainly learn quite a bit about number of different uh, Cuban industries at the same time. So I believe he is starting another trip today. Cool. Yeah, very cool. I, uh, I'm always happy to see that he's, uh, that he's heading down there, and I'm even more happy that a friend of mine is hopefully enjoying some success in his business. Yeah, I can dig it. Amen. Well, it's 11.15, and we're about ready to wrap this joker up. Yeah, I think so. I uh, I have to say, I, I'm probably going to enjoy putting this second cigar down when we're done with the show. Hmm, that's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. I, I really uh, I really owe this another attempt to smoke on a clean palate to find out if, you know, besides the, the minor construction issues, which I am not continuing to have, by the way, um, hmm. if uh, this is a cigar greatly impacted by a uh, or oh, a less than stellar palate, or if this is just a perhaps an inconsistent blend. Mm-hmm. Well, I still have the other one. I may do just the same tomorrow. I may uh, fire this up tomorrow afternoon on a clean palate. I'd do that. I'd uh, I'd be interested to hear about it. Yeah. Well, in the next episode, as always, everyone out there in the range of my voice is welcome to come back and join us and we will be smoking an unbanded uh, number 23 from Stephen Dunlap and Stephen threw us a little bit of a curveball he actually put two cigars for the same show he wants us to smoke both of those uh, I guess one beforehand and one during the show and, and draw a comparison uh, I need to uh, make sure that's the plan but that's what I understand uh, from my old notes but uh Anyway, we welcome you back, uh, I think, in two weeks to join us for that, which will be October 23rd. 
And um, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of Craig or myself, uh, you can get us at Craig at halfashed.com or Kip at halfashed.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Comments, concerns, complaints, and criticisms, just don't matter. We'd like to hear them, as always. And um, you can also find us at the Havashed Forum at havashed.com. There's links all over the place. It'll take you right to the forum. You can join up and hang out with us a little bit throughout the week. And, uh, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Just uh, catch us. We're not too hard to find. No, I'd uh, I'd say we're not too hard to find at all, actually. Um, you know, maybe the hardest part about finding us is that, uh, uh, well, your profile picture shows you on uh, Facebook and Twitter, but I don't believe that mine shows me at all. So uh, other than that, uh, if you're looking for us, you probably have found us if you don't think that it's us. How's that? <laughs> you lost me in the middle of that somewhere, but I'll go with it. Uh, well, that's all right. I imagine it was just something brilliant and, and witty, and uh, we can leave it at that. How's that? I always do. Perfect. That's why I like you. <laughs> well, as we always uh, close out a show, we want to make sure that everybody knows how much we appreciated you giving uh, the time to us that you have, whether that be live with us tonight on this Friday evening or some other point in the days following. We appreciate it. We enjoy it. And we want to say most of all, good night, everybody, and thanks for listening.